Yo, what's good, listeners? It's your boy, Chef Jeff. And this is Food for Thought. Yo, what's up, listeners? It's your boy, Chef Jeff. This is Food for Thought. I'm here with another book review. The book I want to, I will be reviewing today, it is The 50th Law by 50 Cent and Robert Greene. If you guys, I'm pretty sure are familiar with 50 Cent, the artist, and then Robert Greene. He's the author of 48 Laws of Power and a couple other books, The Art of Seduction, uh, The Art of Mastery. He's a, he's a pretty good author. Honestly, uh, I've come to realize that he's probably my favorite author. But so in this book review I'm going to get I'm going to be going a little bit more into detail just because it's a, it's a longer book compared to the first original one that I made, first book review, and there's a lot a lot of game in this book from from numerous sides. So I just want to, you know, I want to convey the messages, at least the ones that I really picked up and I felt were intense to me. So it's probably I'll probably break it down to a couple episodes because I almost want to go chapter by chapter because it's a lot of game. It's a lot of game. So for starters, in the intro, he talks about fear and where fear essentially originated from or like what was the purpose. And he talks and when I say he, I'm referring to Robert Greene. Robert Greene talks about how fear when we were hunter gatherers. Fear was a very necessary emotion because it it kept us alive. It helped us keep us alive. So we would see, you know, a tiger or something like that, a bear, and we would have fear, and that would that would insinuate the flight or fight mode for us, and that was something key to our survival. But once we moved from that stage from hunter gatherers, and we started farming. And, you know, food was no longer scarce. That emotion of fear no longer played the part that it needed to play. Or that it no longer had the same usefulness. And the brain takes thousands of years to develop or to evolve. And our lifestyles evolve sooner, quicker than our brains did. So now that fear is projected into other things. And he talks about how fear no longer really plays a necessary part because we don't have, you know, a line chasing us down or something like that. And then he talks about, like, uh, there's two ways to deal with fear. There's passive and there's active. Passive is when you kind of, when you run away from your fear. Active is when you confront it. You realize, you know, you you realize it and you go against it. And, you, and when you, you realize it, most of the times you realize that it's not as big as you thought it was. And there was this one quote that he said that I thought was really, really captivating, honestly. And the, uh, the quote goes, those who fearlessly express their differences compel our attention on a deeper level for a longer duration, which translates into power and control. Why? Why did that, you know, mean so much? I I never thought of it like that, honestly. Uh, the act of being fearless and the uh, the power that it brings 
with being fearless and when you see someone being fearless and how you kind of gravitate towards them almost naturally it, it, it was something that i thought was very interesting and the, and so that's just the intro in the chapter one is called intense realism or the hustler's eye and he talks about how in the hood so there's a format to his chapters First, he usually begins with a story that 50 Cent has. Usually, it starts with his 50 Cent's early life. Then there may be a story of 50 Cent in his later life and his music career. But in his music career, and then he goes. Robert Greene goes into detail of you know that lesson learned in 50's life, in history, and how other you know great figures in history learned those same lessons. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, in the beginning, the they talk about, let's see here, they talk about 50 Cent, his, his experience in the hood. And when he was coming up in the hood, he realized that hustling wasn't really a long, and when hustling, like, you know, street hustling wasn't a long-term or durable way to maintain a life, essentially. And... And one of the big things that he says is that the the mind going soft and your eye get going dull is how you lose in business and in and essentially in the life in the hood. And that's very true. Very true. And I remember when I was like sixteen, I remember I was just uh there's a spot in my neighborhood called the jungle where people used to always chill at, you know, smoke, drink, you know, just kick it. And I remember, you know, always hanging out there and smoking. And you would always, you know, catch word of what's happening on the street, just being there. And I remember people talking about, like, yo, uh, dudes is snitching out here, this and that. And I just thought about myself, like, I just thought to myself, like, yo. And it was a specific situation, like, some dude was really hustling, getting to it, and then he just lost everything with someone just snitching on him. And I just thought about like how film, how like you you work so hard to create something and to you know stack your bread and you you risk so much and you lose it all just by your part you know the person next to you just deciding to not you know keep into the cold and just pussying out and snitching on you. And I just thought about like yo like. There's no security in that lifestyle, essentially. Like, no security in that hustle. So that's, I kind of, like, at a young age, just seeing, like, that 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 street hustle life is not for me. And 50 Cent talks about it, too, how he was hustling. He saw just people getting locked off so easily. And he knew at a young age that he wasn't going to do hustling, and he decided he was going to do music. And I kind of had a similar experience. But I knew I wasn't going to do hustling, at least not on the street. But I didn't know what exactly I was going to do. But I knew I was going to make money. That's a fact. I just didn't know what it was. But that was that was something that, that really resonated with when 50 Cent was talking about that. And some of the things that, they, that Robert Greene also talks about is in the book, in this chapter at least, when when things are going easy 
And when things are like too easy for you, that's when you you should almost be worried. And I found that interesting because I'm like, you know, you would you would think you almost opposite. But he says like, no, like the struggle is is the good part because you know it's almost. It's, I would almost see it like a growing pains. Because if you're if you're struggling, then it means you know you're growing. And if things are going too good and easy, then you're almost becoming stagnant. And there was this line that I recently heard from Jadakiss on this track on, on Style P's mixtape. The track was called um, Corona Kiss. And the line goes, Appreciate, Appreciation all those tough times, that was a blessing. Because those that had to grow up soft is now regretting. And I, <laughs> that, that line really hit me. Because I just thought about, like, damn, like, you think the struggle is is a hindrance, but in reality, it's not. It's a it's a battery on your back now. It's it's a it's a new set of lens, and that's something something very and the and the way that Jada could said it, I was like, yo, it's the, I played that track like three times back just because I was like, nah, that that bar's hitting, but and it's real, and it's real. And and in America, we we value uh, uh, underdog story. We value the come up, and that's something that in our nature, in American American fabric, that's something that like is, is embedded in us. And and Robert Greene talks about how now things are becoming easier. And where Americans are almost losing that edge of like, you know, of always trying to get better, always trying to do something better. And he talks about kind of with uh, virtual reality and video games. These are certain forms of how like we're losing that edge. And he's not saying because of video games, but it's, it's like our energy is now going into this this realm of entertainment and no longer into a realm of progression. And and he also talks about how in in history, the example of the Romans, how they kind of lost their edge. And that's why one of the reasons they were taken over and, and defeated. And how as they became grew as an empire they almost life became more easier, so they were just finding different ways of, of escapism and just getting, you know, getting focused, losing focus essentially on the real important things and just getting lost in the in the new fancy things that they were receiving from the empires they were conquering. And it's 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 kind of ironic because it talks about I remember I think I was listening I was listening to a podcast that it talks about history. I think it's, uh, it's talked about how the Roman Empire conquered the the Celtics and the Irish, the Irish with current now current day Irish, and it talked about how the first time they they attacked in the Roman Empire, the Celtic were almost like savages. That when they went to war, they were the Romans were almost terrified of them, of how brutal they were, and. So they, they they lost that fight essentially, that battle, 
and would return years later. But when they would return by this time, this, the Celtics already have conquered different, different like vicinities in their local vicinities. And in that conquering, they lost their savageness because they started mixing with other cultures and these other cultures were more refined. And that edge that the Celtics had that, that allowed them to beat the Romans, they no longer had because it was diluted with these other cultures. And now the advantages that the Romans had where there was uh, military ingenuity or organization, now these were key parts that really propelled them forward and allowed them to beat the this army, the Celtic army. And it's ironic how that, you know, that happened. And eventually, that same thing also led to their downfall, that, you know, getting comfortable. And it all plays back to how, like, in the hood, you can't get comfortable. And you have to see, like, what what hustle you're going to be doing. Because if, if you get comfortable, you're going to get ran over. You're going to get taken advantage of. And it's not even just in the hood, but, like, in business as well. And these were... Uh, it's funny how they all connect, all connect. And there was this quote that Robert Green puts from Jaden's Baldwin. He says, if people under the necessity of creating themselves must examine everything, excuse me, and soak up learning the way that roots of a tree soak up water. And I think that was very, very poetic in the manner it was written. And, and very true. And very true. So that that's just chapter one. We're going to go cha- um, by chapter by chapter. So for chapter two, it talks about self-reliance or the Hustler's Empire. And the experience that 50 Cent had when he was growing up, he talked about how crack exploded and how everyone was becoming a hustler, you know, getting to the money. And then everyone became their own bosses. And at this age... 50 Cent, he uh, he kind of got locked up. And then when he came out, he he saw this new change, the dynamic. And he, he essentially had to start from the bottom. He started bagging up for some other big-time drug dealer, relatively speaking, big-time. And he, he he created this plot. And it's pretty, pretty conniving, but impressive, to, to say the least. And he talks, there was a couple guys bagging up. And... He tells them, oh, no, excuse me. So he creates a plot with uh, with the guys he was bagging up where they all give him a little piece of the of what they're bagging up. And, and he'll give them some money. So all of them would, you know, would save a little bit of the drugs that they're bagging up. And then they'll give them at the end of their shift. They'll give 50 Cent a little bit of that. And with that little bit, he, uh, he, you know, he got on his feet with that little bit. Essentially, you know, getting the flip. Now he was able to get his own pack. And it was talked about how through working for someone, he was able to create his own, his own empire eventually. But, you know, started at the bottom and then came up. And he, but he talked about how these guys who were bagging up, they were comfortable. They were comfortable because they had a wage, almost like a like a regular employee, but they no longer had to take that risk of being on the streets and selling it. 
and you know get grabbing the work not knowing if you know if your new investment is going to you know get its expected return and and 50 didn't like that 50 didn't like that idea of being an employee and honestly i i, I could relate to 50 on that where i had the same similar situation when i was at i used to work for the commuter rail and i remember one time just them explaining to me like hey this is your projection of pay growth if you work here and put these amount of years in your you know you're gonna get paid this amount and honestly it was it was decent it was decent i was starting off i remember like 15 dollars an hour at the time i was in school and i you know it was good money relatively speaking and the increases were were fair but I just thought it was so depressing. I'm like, damn, I know how much I'm gonna make by the time I'm thirty, by the time I'm forty. There's there's no growth, there's no I mean there's uh incremental growth, but there's no exponential growth. Oh, that that didn't sit right with me, man. And I honestly think that like almost subconsciously I did whatever I had to to get fired. I'm not saying I, you know, I went out and started yelling at customers and things of that sort, but Little things like, you know, I'll leave five minutes early just to catch the train. Granted, I had to take a two-hour ride back, an hour ride back to campus, but, and to do homework after that, after the the shift, but they told me, like, yo, Jeff, you can't leave early. And the reason I'm leaving early is to catch a train, but I'm like, yo, I got to catch this train regardless. I ain't even tripping if I get fired. And that's exactly what happened. I got fired. And... I guess I eventually I was okay with it because, you know what I mean? I didn't want to get stuck to that. And and then he gives, Robert Greene gives this example of this, uh, this gentleman. I believe he was a boxer. His name is uh, Robin Hurricane Carter. And he talked about how he got sentenced for a murder he didn't do. He did 19 years. And he came out. Even he got kept, he, uh, he was sentenced to three life terms. And after 19 years, they exonerated him. And when they exonerated him, he didn't even uh, file a civil suit because he he was done with that past. He didn't want to be tied to any of it. And and there was these little details that he did to make sure that he he kept his identity and his his true self. Like uh, he wouldn't wear his badge. I mean, his ID number that all inmates have. He wouldn't want to wear that because he wanted to stay. He wanted to keep his individualism. Any, you know, any temporary pleasures, he'll tell his the off the warden to to take him out of his cell. He didn't want his mind to get attached to these temporary pleasures that would justify where he was staying at. And and I really felt that too that that example because I I had similar like hindrances where I felt like smoking weed was making me, you know, complacent with the, my surroundings. And and I my surroundings could get worse and I would just smoke weed and I'll be and I'll be all right, I'll deal with it. Like but I, I really I knew deep down where I was just like, yo, if I keep smoking, I'm never really gonna have that desire to grow because I always feel like I'm okay with where I'm at. And and I knew I needed to quit that to eventually, you know, start my own empire. And eventually, when the gentleman gets out, uh, Robin Hurricane Carter, he gets out 
and then he eventually starts his own business and and he you know he he does his own thing but he didn't let his past tie him down he didn't let these past experiences tie him down and and some of the things that Robert Greene talks about is uh ownership over money where he says you know ownership over your business over yourself is will always be better than money and he talks about these and after every chapter, he, he talks, he mentions like four or five steps that are necessary that will help you achieve the main point of the chapter. And some of the main steps that he talks about is uh, step one, reclaim dead time. Step two, create little empires. Step three, move higher up the food chain. And step four, make your enterprise a reflection of your individuality. And these, I feel like, are just great points for just business. Where number four, I really see it almost as you know creating that moat, that barrier, so that people can't compete with you. So, guys, I'm gonna leave it here for now. These are these are just the first, I guess, three chapters with the intro and the first two bodies. Well, the first two chapters. Uh, I'll get into it it's a little bit more for the next week episode I hope you enjoyed this a little bit and uh hope everyone has a great weekend guys